this is Wicked Spursy. Mike, Stephen, Dave. Mike, how you doing? Mike, how am I doing? Well, here's the thing, Dave. Um, what, is that, is that you, too fast? No, no, no. I, I just, I, I wanted. He was to, unprepared. I was <laughs> completely prepared, and I had no techno issues today. And you caught me off guard because I figured that you're going to make some comment just as we started to go live about about my techno issues no i was i was i was admiring the the savvy with which you handle things however can i say this um funny little twist and i know you i know you're aware of this last week we had brian on i went to brian first and i was like brian how you doing he's like i'm great how are you guys and i commented like dude you can't throw it back like that and then i listened to the vermont green podcast and your guy did the exact same thing to you you're like will, oh. will did the like, exact yeah, same you, thing you threw it right back so and i yeah, yeah. I was like, there's no end then, just like you did. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to the best of us, right? Yeah, of course. Of course it does. And and we are the best. So, I mean, that's that's all there is to, to say. And I guess we can uh, sign off for the night. Very true. Very true. Um, so with that, though, yeah. how are you doing? I, I was uh, I was on call this weekend. Um, didn't get called in uh, until like late in the afternoon on Saturday. So I got to enjoy uh, or not. Let's just say Saturday happened, um, and I got to I got to watch uh, our our football club, and then uh, Sunday came along and uh, four a.m. Sure enough, I get a call. I uh, had to go into work, and I was there until like two o'clock. I uh, got home, settled in, watched uh, watched some pregame for the uh, for the big game, the Super Bowl, um, and uh, in my house. Uh, the Super Bowl is like a, uh, it's like a holiday in my house. So it, it gets treated as such. Lots of food, uh, lots of drink, that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, that's, this that's, year. That's really unique, Mike, because nobody else does that. That's that's cool <laughs> how you guys, you do the that. Only the only person Bowl. in America. No, no. So there are Super Bowl parties and stuff, but it is a holiday. So you recognize the holiday and you watch football all day long. You are able to rep your favorite team, no matter who it is. I don't care who it is. You're able to rep your favorite team by wearing that team's colors. And um, it doesn't matter if they're in the game or not. And just like my team's never in the game, but I've been doing it <laughs> since I was a kid uh, when they were in the game. Um, and I, I I was treated to a, a half of football uh, dominated by the team that I wasn't rooting for. Got through the got through the whole, the halftime show, which, by the way, was annoyingly fabulous. Uh, Rihanna was just she's just breathtaking, man. She's phenomenal. Yeah, I love you her. Can. I like I, it. She's she's solid. The backup dancers were annoying as fuck, um, <laughs> which which ruined everything for me, of course. Uh, and then we got into the second half. Things started to happen. Uh, Pat Mahomes is doing his magic, and then, boom, phone call from work. Oh, no kidding. Had to listen to it on the radio on the way into work. That I got and you, to work. And you couldn't drink during the whole Super Bowl because you were on call. No, which is which is even funnier because like halftime comes around and we're you were 
you know, piling in more food, of course, the whole family. And uh, my wife walks out of the kitchen with uh, a, a beautiful, beautiful Schlitz can of Schlitz. I love that shit. And she walks through the house, the kitchen into the living room with it. And I looked at her. I was like, really? You're doing that? This, this is how you treat me? <laughs> and she said, what did you did you want me to drink something else? And I was like, I don't know. She goes, I, she goes, is there any bush light in there? <laughs> and I was like, no, just the fact that I'm on call right now. And uh, right at that moment, I said, you know what? I haven't been called in for the rest of the afternoon. I'm going to get, I'm going to get a beer. And then I got called. So uh, I had to go to work, missed uh, most of what happened, got into work. The case was like five minutes, got to watch the, the entirety of like the second half of the fourth quarter. So got to see the end of it, got to see Pat Mahomes work his magic. Uh, it was a phenomenal game. I had a great weekend outside of what, you know, what, what we watched on Saturday. Um, but weather's been turning today at work was kind of shit, but that doesn't matter to me. I have tomorrow off. Very nice. Glad to hear that for you. Uh, Mr. Steve, how about you, man? How you doing? I'm good, Dave. How are you? No, I'm just <laughs> great. kidding. <laughs> great. So, so glad you asked. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I'm curious how you're doing, but uh, I, I can give you a little bit more. I can give you more. Um, no, I, it has been kind of a bit of a clusterfuck. That's probably the best way you. to say it. Your, your um, delivery was your delivery was funny, not the <laughs> not the situation. No, it's all just you know, uh, spur shitting the beds. One thing, but um, you know, I have a, a work routine. Every month, I have the exact same reports that I have to populate in the exact same time period, due on the exact same day, without fail, every month. And I start working on them, and I realize that halfway through last month, they changed. They implemented changes, which fucked over everything that I had carefully lined up and structured to make it as easy and seamless as possible to get all that stuff populated because it's it's 17 different reports that I have to populate that I can't start until after the 10th and it has to be done by the 15th except that because of what they did not only did it mess everything up but it also took the total number of reports that I have to build up to 25 so I have to do 25 different reports uh by the 15th and it takes me a solid 40 hours to do 17. So, uh, yeah, maybe two hours into this morning, I had to email. Uh, I emailed my boss. I emailed the owner of the company. And I was like, you're not getting this on Wednesday. It's just not going to happen. It is physically impossible for me to do this. Um, so that was fun. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I just... I don't mind the extra work. I don't mind the changes. Like I, I knew there were going to be changes coming. I just don't understand why you do that in the middle of a month. When like, just wait till the end of the month, just wait two weeks and start fresh. Like now I've got half of the data is in one place. The other half's in another place. Do they line up properly? No, of course they don't because a quarter of it belongs to one spot and the other quarter goes somewhere else. It's, it has been, a clusterfuck, Dave. So that's yeah. where I'm at. That's where I am at today. I'm really, really sorry to hear that. That's not cool. Mike would tell you you should start a union because then they won't change your working conditions 
on you unexpectedly, right, Mike? Touchdown. Touchdown. But Dave, I that's a tutty for Mike. That's a tutty. <laughs> we <laughs> learned tutty. what a tutty. We we. <laughs> it's, major, it's major tutty. Major tutty. I have there this, you go. Uh, I, I did pick up this uh, variety pack of a drink I I haven't really had since like college because I saw it in the grocery store and I thought, you know what? Zima. I'm going to go for it. <laughs> Zima. Steve wasn't oh, no, born then, Mike. That was, that was Zima for us. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I got a variety pack of Woodchuck. Mm. Woodchuck. And in this pack, they had their standard, you know, hard cider. Um, and then they had the a amber, couple of other yeah. interesting ones. What I'm drinking tonight is called a Pear Seco. And it is delightful. Yeah. Yeah. Amy likes those. Nice. They have I am they- drinking a I'm drinking a boxed red wine out of a Beavertown glass, just like I was last week. Very Cheers, nice. boys. Because that box will last you forever. It, it feels like it does. Classy. Think, you know, I, I, I'm going to tell you what I'm drinking, but I'll do it later. So Yeah, tell us about that later. Hey, I wanted we to share. You guys you. know this already. <laughs> we, we, we didn't ask you yet. Just hold your horses, bud. Um, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was down in uh, D.C. last week, the last half of last week, um, which tends to happen about once a month or so. And unfortunately, every time I've been down there, it never aligns with a Spurs match when a Spurs match is happening. You know, it just doesn't work out. But on Saturday, I was able to uh, get over to the Irish Channel, which is the pub where the D.C. Spurs um, gather to watch their matches. And uh, I, I enjoyed myself, had a good breakfast, had some good conversation with some folks at the bar. Really nice English lady. I forgot to get her name, but she and I kind of chatted it up throughout the throughout the game because there was really nothing else positive going on during the during the course of that match but um i do want to say it was really interesting um to be in a place where there were multiple spurs fans gathered to watch a match you know living in the corner of vermont where i live you guys know this you guys are three hours north of me so to get to, to our our local meetups is relatively impossible especially on, on you know weekend morning games uh, the next closest place to me is like an hour and a half away. And again, on a weekend morning, I'm not I'm not going to make that road trip to to go to a pub. So uh, it, it highlighted for me that having that resource available is uh, is a cool thing, right? To be able to gather in a place where other people know what they're talking about and know what they're watching, um, as opposed to just me alone in my in my family room. Um, that was that was an enjoyable experience. So to the the DC DC Spurs folks, I'll I'll throw a shout out in our uh, podcast notes later. But uh, hopefully next time I'm down, we'll be another match weekend or or weekday and be able to make it happen. So that was that was how things went for me. But on the Super Bowl, Mike, I didn't get to watch a lick of it. I was on a train. I was on a train coming home. Um, screw Amtrak at the moment. Although the service is great, the the Wi-Fi service was garbage oh, and it's wasn't wretched. it's wretched. Wasn't functional enough to to do anything that that looked like watching a game. And the cell signal was disrupted at best so yeah i was i was missing out on the whole thing so i read about it this morning very exciting stuff <laughs> to read about the day after <laughs> it was a very exciting game yeah lots of but intrigue hey. lots of lots of you know controversy so as usual with the nfl i will admit i uh I, i've been listening to the podcast that the kelsey brothers do uh those two guys are funny uh so you know that whole that whole subplot about the two brothers playing each other for the first time was was a good one but uh yeah shout out to to the uh, what they called the New Heights podcast that, that they run, which is uh, very quickly popular, if you if you follow the rankings of podcasts at all, which we're climbing our way up, of course. Right? What do you Travis, mean? Travis Kelsey we is the, top. the Travis Kelsey's the best best tight end of all time. I mean, I mean, 
fighting for that spot with Gronk. But, uh, you know, uh, for what it's worth, I fucking hate Philadelphia. Um, and I hate the Eagles being a Washington fan. Uh, th- those guys were nothing but classy after the game. Uh, even the guy who had the controversial hold admitted to holding the guy. Admitted to the holding, yeah. Yeah, saw yeah, 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 yeah. Probably so the city of Philadelphia wouldn't burn down. Uh, for some reason, they actually put grease on the telephone poles there so that <laughs> people won't climb the telephone that poles. Tracks. Yeah, 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 yeah. That does track, but they, it could very well be uh, a fuel for fire. So It, it very well could. Yeah, Mike, so I, I also want to let you know. Philly for not burning your fucking city down, you idiots. I almost, I, um, I, I ordered some food from a food truck and was waiting for my food and was just kind of scoping out some of the, the guys that were selling various wares on the, on the street. I almost bought you, Mike, uh, a bootleg Redskins baseball cap, but I was like, nah, he's already got a Redskins baseball cap. That's probably legit. But yeah, this guy was still selling like ones that he might've stitched up himself with, you know, a patch he took <laughs> off a jacket or something. Almost <laughs> didn't, didn't happen though. That Redskins gear is packed away for a day when I can sell it for a lot of money. There you go. Good, <laughs> good idea. All right, gentlemen, let's let's talk about the crappy, crappy Crap match fest. on Saturday. Steve, why don't you why don't you get us started, man? Where are we going with this thing? <clears throat> oh God. Um was there anybody who didn't completely shit the bed? Um I wanted to start on a positive, but uh even you did. You, did. you talked about the reports that went terrible for you. That was your positive, right? <laughs> yes. The TPS yes, reports the were the positive. The TPS reports. Um, <laughs> I almost feel bad for uh, for Pedro Poro to come into that game and to think I am a nailed on starter and to perform so much worse than Emerson Royale did the week I before. I, I mean, holy shit. Like, yeah, our, our episode title last week about Pedro Poor, uh, future MLS player, it looked like a really, really solid prediction. I I don't know what we were thinking at the time, but uh, <laughs> no, that's, I mean, it was unfortunate. The dude was out of position. He was caught out of position so much. He missed some interceptions, missed some tackles, got beat way too much. It didn't help that Tanganga is just dog shit. Um, and I feel bad because that's like, a, you know, that's another Academy guy who like everybody wants to do well and wants to be like the next big uh, Academy product. But I swear every time the dude gets his chance, he just doesn't ever take them. I I don't understand why... Davinson Sanchez of all people did not start ahead of him mm-hmm. in hindsight I'm sure uh you know maybe they would have done something a little different there but it just you know that entire side was so vulnerable so exposed all the time that it it was just painful um and you know people were talking about how ineffective Decky was and I think a huge part of that is He's got a brand new wing back to try to work with when he's built up, you know, some kind of a rapport with Emerson, with, uh, you know, Doggerty before he left. So now he's got somebody new to work off of. And that person is like just completely beside themselves. No, no idea what they're doing. You know, they haven't quite figured out the plan yet. They haven't quite gotten up to the pace of the competition. 
that for me was not a good um, debut. And the fact that, you know, Conte waited so long to make any changes is just infuriating. I mean, we're all used to it at this point. Conte just doesn't make impact subs soon enough. But I think any of us watching that game would have been like, yeah, if you had just hooked three of those guys at halftime and replaced them, I don't think anybody across the Spurs fandom would have blamed you. Uh, take your pick, right? Poro, I, I've named, Tenganga, I named, but literally any one of them, son, you could have hooked off for, uh, you know, somebody else for some more impact. Uh, you know, one of the midfielders, yeah, Benson Kerr got his goal, but aside from that, the only real big contribution he had was blowing his ACL. Um, hell, you could have fucking put uh, a new keeper on. Um, I can't think of a single player who who deserved to finish that game. Like any of them could have been and should have been subbed off. And the fact that it took so long is just, it continues to, to blow my mind. Uh, I, I just, maybe it's an ego thing. Maybe it's arrogance. I don't know what it is, but I, I'm just so sick of these coaches who can't admit that they've made a mistake and make the changes that they need to make. I, I think the last time I really saw something like that was when Jose Mourinho hooked Eric Dyer, like what, 25 minutes in, um, mm -hmm. in that one game. Like that's the only big notable change that I I can remember from Spurs history where somebody has been like, you know what? I fucked up with this game plan. Let's do something quickly to turn it around. We're waiting too late to make changes. You know, we're clearly behind. We're not playing. I don't know if they had their eyes on the champions league fixture. Um, and they just thought, you know what? It's Lester. We can, <laughs> you know, walk through this game, you know, maybe the first goal gave him a false sense of security. I don't know what it was, but it was garbage all around. Um, absolute garbage. And the fact that we're now without Benton Kerr is just going to make the rest of the season fucking miserable. Um, I, I am not, I, you know what, I will leave you with a positive before um, we ask Mike uh, his thoughts. I am not as down on skip and sar as the rest of our fan base is they seem to think that they are like you know fucking usl2 players coming over from the u.s uh to try to slot in but you know skip when he was playing consistently for us was a great midfielder sar has shown that he um when he has his his um you know when he's feeling up for it he can do some great, interesting things on the ball, great positioning. He reads the game very well for someone his age. I'm not super worried about that. Um, I mean, it is a step down, but it's not like, it's not a massive slide that I think a lot of people are are making it out to be. You know, that's that to me is not that big of a deal. If one of those guys gets injured, then we're really, truly fucked. Because <laughs> Well I mean, and truly, right? Hoiberg's going to get run into the ground by the end of the season. So, it, you know, if he picks up an injury, then I'm just doom and gloom. But for now, midfield, you know, there, there are bigger positions for me to worry about than what's going on in midfield. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you on that, Steve. And, I mean, you're absolutely right. Skip, when he when he had a run, when he was able to, to play consistently, above above solid as, as, a, as a consistent player and, and really 
filled kind of that intangible Hoybier role in a lot of ways, from my opinion. And and sorry, I'm excited about him. But yeah, we got we got other problems. We we got things beyond that to, to worry about. Mike, can you illuminate some of those problems for us? Some of those problems, uh, well, as Steve alluded to, uh, you know, they're not USL two players. Um, they but, wish they were. You know, I mean, Come on, maybe, greed. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Maybe maybe Charlie Adams and uh, Rodrigo Ferreira could could uh, could fill in for Spurs right now. We need some we need some backups because that's literally all we have. Uh, I don't know who's gonna be sitting on the bench uh, for midfield help. Uh, come tomorrow um alfie divine it's your time to shine that's right uh, you know um this the the real problem for me is um the the lack of defense now uh, you know in a conte system we all know in a conte system that uh conte likes to invite the pressure uh so that we can transition you know the the transition game is his game right um you need dominant midfielders who are going to put in hard tackles, who are going to intercept balls, um, and you're going to and you need confident, competent pressing from from your deep midfielders and and even your your center backs. The problem is we don't have the players to do that, right? I mean, you've got Eric Dyer, who <clears throat> at times has been brilliant, like he was last week against city at times looks like the fucking shit bird that we know that he is. <laughs> um, and that always, always, always seems to happen, you know, with the exception of the end of last year, cause he was in a really good run of form, but when he doesn't have a good uh, right sided center back to cover for him, you know, uh, he needs a, a partner, a center back partner, that's going to cover for him when he is trying to do some of the things he does. Now, I, I don't know if this is a mix up that happened because, uh, you know, Conte has been out sick and um, Stellini was in there, but maybe nobody told Eric Dyer that we weren't playing Man City again um, and that the game, it, it, you know, comes at you a bit differently from a different team. Man City um, is not going to change the way they play based on the team that they play, right? Man City it played, and they play to the strengths of a Conte system, whereas Brendan Rodgers is like, no, fuck you. Uh, I don't care where we are at the table. My team is going to put in those hard tackles. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to take, we're going to allow you to have the ball and then we're going to take the ball from you immediately. Um, you know, they're going to press hard. They're going to play hard the entire, the entire match. Um, and whether some of those things work for them or not, uh, you know, is up, to, is up to the players and it's not up to our players. You know, our, it, everything is so uh, mechanical uh, with this system and that in the system doesn't allow anybody to change. So, you're you're left there with a guy like Tanganga on his right and Ben Davis on the left. All three of those guys should be fucking gone from this squad. Uh, it, you know there were times where the the where Dyer was responsible for three of those four goals, in my estimation. Uh, one of the times, uh, 
what whose whose goal was it that the who was the who had the third goal the goal right before halftime uh Ian, Ian Nacho? was it Ian yeah Nacho? Ian Nacho, right yeah yeah love that that's he, a great name Ian Nacho made him look, made him look so <laughs> uh <laughs> made him look so stupid he did that little thing where he kind of backs up and then you know he he backs up and he can't back up quick enough because he's the guys on him so quickly because he gave him so much fucking space to run at him. And then he puts his hands behind his back and he does that little thing where he turns. And Inacho just kind of like said, okay, I know you're going to do this. So I'm just going to go back this way and put the ball back across him. And Frazier Forrester, I'm sorry, dude. I keep hearing people saying, oh, he's, he wasn't that bad. He wasn't that bad. Oh, that's not his fault. That's not no, I mean, the first goal wasn't his fault. Like, nobody's stopping that fucking thing. And that guy hadn't scored since, like, 2015. <laughs> so that's that's Spursy as fuck, right? But um, the first goal or the second goal happened because Dyer was too fucking forward. Like, we're not playing Man City. That, like, he can't get back quick enough because Ben Davis, Ben Davis, I'm sorry, nice player, fine does what he does uh he needs to be binned off too because i don't think he's smart enough to play, play binned off listen listen to mike with the english Stevie. That? that's right i'm saying bend he off be he, he does off. uh that that's an english soccer term too we know yeah yeah know. so yeah i Suck understand up. you had to find no, <laughs> who am i sucking up to yeah, our, 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 Eng- our english supporters our one english supporter watching us right now um it's windy isn't it <laughs> i'm sure wendy's listening to us right now that that dude's that dude's got a lot of other stuff that he's doing right now, so he doesn't have to worry about us. Anyway, I just don't think our defense is competent enough, and Fraser Forrester is not good enough. If well, he's we like thought a billion that, years old. If we thought that Larice wasn't good enough, Larice was at one time world class. Fraser Forrester's never been world class. He's big. He's like he's like a giant sack. He's like a 250 pound sack of potatoes <laughs> right he just cannot move he cannot move he bro I, he's 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 a premier league goalkeeper man like lighten up a little bit on the dude oh for fuck's sake you call him a no, 250 he, pound sack of potatoes who can't move that's right he's like, he's like six seven he's got a lot of body to get moving man yeah but he's yeah. a million years old he doesn't you know who else does, you know who else is six foot seven and moves <laughs> travis kelsey you know? yeah, and what is he 28 it doesn't fucking matter it, Fraser on, Forrester could be fucking, he could be Kelsey 20 he could be 24 goalie. some of these Premier League so yeah should we sign Travis Kelsey to play goal who should we sign Travis, Travis Kelsey? Kelsey to play goal he might be better who knows he might be been, he's lighter been off Forrester he's he's lighter on his feet and he has a smaller head and a better attitude Fraser <laughs> Forrester he's boring he's not exciting he's boring What's Listen, I'm not I'm not a Forster apologist by any means, but why are you so hardcore against this poor guy, man? Like because everybody's saying he hates oh, he alliteration. He wasn't that bad. He wasn't that bad. He was bad. And it's the 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 reason he was bad was because of the three that were in front of him. And the 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 real problem came when when we weren't able to do any anything uh, in terms of passing. So what what did what did Lester do to us? They did exactly what we did to Man City last week. They did. Exactly. They dominated the midfield. They took the ball from us whenever they wanted to. 
And then they shut down our, our front line. And it created quick transitions. Like nobody on that team played well. And I feel sorry for Pedro Porro because that dude is world-class, but this was not the type of game for him to come into. You know, you know, when you go to that fucking place that it's going to be a wild shootout, right? That dude can't play defense. That's not the type of player he is. And to stick him next to Tanganga, like, ugh, buddy. It might have been smarter to play Emerson. Mike, you know what I love about you? Here's what I love about you. You you say bend off like the English. You refuse to say Darby because that's English. You say sorry (laughs) like, you say sorry like you're Canadian. Like, I just love how you just are like international Mike. You just, you mix things up and really... Really bring a lot of variety and spice to our to our <laughs> international listeners. man. Dave, I'm, I'm slowly learning to be a man of the people, and maybe someday I will say Darby. But for now, <laughs> that's somebody's name. For now, you're sorry, right? I am sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, let me say Who sorry. Names their kid. Darby. How would you say sorry? I don't know. Darby O'Gill and the Little People, right? I mean, that's that's a fucking movie. Is that PC? I don't know if that is. I don't you know. Should, they were should, leprechauns. You should, it's a, you should think about your words, Mike. It's a movie from the 60s. Come on. Jesus, what's wrong with you people? Just how much time you got? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so Spurs lost. And uh, it, you know what I want to see? Could have very easily been 5 nothing, but those first like five minutes of the game were super exciting. I thought we were going to walk away with it, especially since we scored an accidental goal. We did. Steve, you know what would be really fun right now? What? <laughs> Mike Mike just poured a beer. I'd love to ask him an important question just to, to force him to, to hustle his way through the current one to move on. Should we or should we give it a couple minutes? What do you think? I don't know. How are we feeling uh, like he deserves it? He just made a very uh, non-PC comment uh, that could get us canceled. So it's maybe true. we want to put him up against it. I think we should put him up against it. And we only have about a half hour till Steve O'Clock strikes. So I, right, well, I want to make, folks make sure below we... Average, let's put it... Folks below average height prefer to be called little people. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> so so you prefer to be it's called the, little It's the person. name of a movie. He, I was trying to... Oh my God, damn. I was trying to illustrate the fact that people are named Darby. Look, I don't know what you're smoking mike to think that there are people named darby but i would love to know hey mike what you're drinking well i'm gonna finish this before i tell you because you're being so goddamn mean to me us we would never be mean to you steve violating his number one rule don't be an asshole right mike yeah no that's (laughs) rules for thee not for me (laughs) yeah do do as i say do as i say not as i I say no they do that was my mom's favorite saying. Like, you know, you, you your parents, you've got your kids. It's like, no, you can't say that. that that's a daddy word. Like, uh, don't, don't, don't copy me. <laughs> like, it's that sort of thing. This you know, when I'm empty. driving around the town and I just happen to swear up and down at somebody who's driving like a moron. Like, no, no, sorry, buddy. Just that's a daddy word. Daddy can say that. You can't. <laughs> you don't even bother with like the, the, the Vince Vaughn earmuffs. <laughs> no, God, no. No, I had to say that to a grown ass adult the other day. Earmuffs, um, earmuffs. Because <laughs> I'm not sure that he uh, that he actually uh, knows what swears are. Anyway, uh, this I have this awesome glass that I love. It's my treehouse glass. Treehouse ah, okay, glass. nice, oh, nice. It's one of my favorite glasses. It's super heavy duty and it's big. It fits a whole U.S. pint. 
Yeah. So it's not a it's not a little glass because it's above average size. <laughs> Dave really piling into him today, huh? Is it a dwarf glass, Mike? I'm just wondering how you would. Well, okay, would Dave. Or is it a giant? <laughs> Abominable. Abominable. The abominable glass. It's a bubble. <laughs> a bumble glass. It's a bumble. So uh today, yes. So I'm very excited. And uh, I was talking to you guys before we got on here, uh, how excited I was about this beer. This is uh and we do a lot of IPAs, right? A ton of IPAs. We're doing another IPA, but we haven't done the triple IPA. The triple winter IPA, it looks like, huh? Yeah. Um, nice and is that is that picture is that guys like on ice fishing no, maybe no it's a uh, snowboarders ah okay it's from uh it's called in search of the perfect beer all right it's pretty cool it's got the neat little sun snowboarders and all that stuff on it uh it's from a brewery that i've been waiting to come up here uh for a long time called vitamin c s-e-a uh, it's in Weymouth, Mass. Um, triple IPAs are typically, they're just like a double IPA, uh, except they use more grain. They use uh, they use more adjuncts. They use more hops. Um, so during the brewing process. So the triple uh, kind of, it kind of explores the, the, the hop character of, of the beer. Um, and because there's more grains, um, it's obviously going to be higher in alcohol. They're usually above 10% alcohol. Um, uh, the triple, the triple kind of refers to the, the dry hopping process. So, and it's not triple the amount it's, or, or three different additions of, of hops. It's, uh, there's I, apparently no way to quantify what triple means, but other than the fact that it's higher alcohol and it's and it's typically super uh, much hoppier than a double IPA, um, so it's like not like a Belgian triple, um, but this beer looked uh, fantastic, so I grabbed a four pack of it. I typically don't do triple IPAs. Uh, I don't really like them. They're usually super super hard to drink. Thick. Heavy duty beers. Plus, you're usually what, like ten plus percentage on the alcohol. Where's that? Where's that one coming? Yeah, this this one comes in at ten point two. Gotcha. Yeah. Isn't yeah. isn't that a that's a distinguishing factor, right? Like eight to ten is a double. Am I dreaming that or no? No, it's like it's yeah, like two. Yeah, it's like uh four four seven to like six two is a single. Okay. An IPA. I mean. You know, the thing is with IPAs is that they haven't like fallen into categories like yeah. double IPAs are usually like 7.2 to like 10. Yep. Um, and this is a 10.2, usually between right. 10 and 10 and 12 percent. So, really so, Steve, in the next half hour, Mike's going to be getting silly is is really what what we are about to see. Yeah. Let, let's hope I don't make I any more to uh, flow ups and call, you know. I just can't wait to hear what language you say next. <laughs> I might speak in elfish as a <laughs> or dwarfish if as a as Brian suggested last. Oh wow, this thing is thick. It smells really good. Like the second that I started pouring it, you could just. I don't know. Shoes. It's more like a grapefruit. Yeah. Oh, look at that. This is nicely poured. Oh yeah. Look that's... at how thick that is. That does look like grapefruit juice. Jeez, man. Um. Mm-hmm. 
man, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, too bad you got to wait five minutes for that head to go down. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. Um, so there it was. The, no, that's that was my office reference. He's speaking Michael Scott. I'm speaking Michael Scott. Um, so it is inappropriate. Yes. <laughs> Precisely. Oh, look, my uh, my watch is talking to me again now. So I'm going to go ahead and take a picture of this for the for the fans at home. All right, uh, let's get into this. Let's see what we get. So, Steve, while Mike is uh, sipping this, I'll tell you, um, Saturday evening after I watched a terrible Spurs match, I went to a uh, I went to a Washington Wizards basketball game. And before that, I met a friend at a pub near the arena who is uh, a, an English and Danish guy who happens to be a Leicester fan, which was its own problem. But he's still a good guy. Um, this particular pub, like their their beers on tap, they had a couple local beers that I'd had before and was not a fan of. So I just drank Yingling the entire night. Course, yeah. Ice cold. Smart choice. Smart choice. I'm telling you, man, like I I kind of had four or five of them in, in one sitting, I want to say. And it was a delightful um, sequence of events. Those, those Yinglings were just tasty. Yeah. Fresh. And you went to stuff. a basketball game, an NBA game after? Went to an NBA game after that. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It yeah. Yeah. Well. I mean, you would have needed those five uh, beers to endure a fucking NBA game. You know what? Here's what I'm going to say, Mike. It was really interesting, you know, watching the action on the court and then up on the jumbotron, like they had essentially the the feed that was the television feed, you know, like what you would see on TV. And really cool in that environment to see the TV feed, which was like 2D and what's going on in the courts like like 4D, you know, like like just just a completely different visual in terms of how some sports are some sports are much better live, right? Yeah, just seeing how people move and how fast and clean and precise their movements are like that it, it really kind of highlighted for me like professional I, I, athletes are are really pretty damn impressive when you just really kind of step back and look at it but you know yeah when i point. get done with this beer i'll give you i'll give you my uh thoughts on that but um, all right this this beer is pretty fucking good dude it is i don't like triple I, like burlington beer makes a trip or always makes a triple ipa for their for their anniversary beer I've never liked it. I've never liked any triple IPA that I've ever had. This beer is really, it is thick. It is heavy. It is really, really good. I'm not having more than this one. I may not have another beer after this one. Who knows? I do have the day off tomorrow, so you never know. Tell us more. I need more detail before I can come up with my rating. Um, like lots of, lots of hops, like rolling through, um, I don't even know what kind of hops. I didn't look it up, but I don't know what kind of hops they use here. I'm assuming there's a lot of Citra and Columbus in here, but um, it's just Taste like a genocide. Rolling, <laughs> rolling, and that's that's, that's <laughs> terrible. Jesus Christ Almighty! Um, it, it might be creating genocide in my mouth right now. Um, Christopher Columbus, what a dick! There's so much. There's so much uh, alcohol in this. It's definitely killing off all the bacteria that i might have in my mouth but this beer is just it's beautiful it's uh it's it's well crafted it's got like all that pineapple and mango um that you you know you usually see in like a a double ipa a new england double ipa or vermont ipa um it's it is thick it is heavy and you don't get a ton of alcohol burn. It's like super smooth, which is not really characteristic of any triple IPA that I've ever had. Of course, I don't venture into that area because I don't really like them that much. Maybe because of that one beer that I had, but this is really good. 
3.9. Oh, Dave. So close. 3.8 was my call. I, yeah. I thought about going with 3.9, but I was like, nah, he won't go that high on it. But it's just, there's a lot, there's a lot going on there. And it's just, uh, it's, it's really hard to explain. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how other, how other uh, to explain it be, besides maybe with a song yeah explain it with a song that's what i'm thinking well well done steve oh good uh <laughs> um all right uh i'm gonna go uh all this and more by dead boys because this beer is kind of uh punk rock it's kind of uh it's kind of more than i expected I guess, uh, and there's a lot going on there. That song is uh, that band. Well, that that song's not their most famous song, but uh, it it that's it's one of my favorites from them. From them, so I can't even think of what that song is. So I'm trying to find it so I can hear it right now. So Dead Boys were like a early mid '70s punk band uh, out of Cleveland. Not many people know that Cleveland had like a ha, had one of the early punk scenes. Of course, Cleveland rocks. <laughs> Cleveland does rock. <clears throat> I learned that from the Drew Carey show. They they became they became famous uh, <laughs> as like the one of the first CBGB bands. Uh huh. All right. Very interesting. I like it, Mike. I like it. Yeah they 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 were a little crazy. They were like one of those bands that like wild shit on stage and see mike that's that's another thing about you aside from being multilingual um <laughs> you also just have the most random eclectic musical references of anyone i've ever come across in my life no you know i think our friend adam has like really crazy crazy good like true uh, yeah he's got a lot of he's got a lot of music stuff going on like he's got a lot more than i do i kind of stick to my my bands within my genres that i love which are you know i, I love early 90s stuff late 80s like alternative and early 90s stuff and i like the jam bands and i love southern rock and what led into like what led into uh the punk scene you know i i, I just love yeah. the punk scene yeah i i, I think that punk as a as a genre of music versus an attitude or, or a, a clothing style um <laughs> i think punk is just so wide fucking open and it doesn't you know it has kind of no boundaries which is what punk is all about um so it, it's close to metal but it's like it's it's an attitude more than anything so what do you think uh it's beer's my, my fucking attitude nice what did you think of the uh, Chris Stapleton national anthem last night? Uh, I thought it was fucking brilliant. That dude's good. Yeah, I'd love to see him at the. He's coming to the uh, Bank of New Hampshire Pavilion, hmm. and uh, I'd love to see him. But I guarantee tickets are going to go fast, and they're probably like four hundred bucks each. Oh yeah, no question <laughs> for no like question. lawn seats. <laughs> I'm too hey, old to sit on the lawn, you know. T- tell me again, what was the name of that brewery again, and the name of that beer? Uh, vitamin C S E A. And the beer's called uh, In Search of the Perfect Beer, the Triple Winter IPA. It's definitely a winter warmer. 
How was uh you had another one you were drinking a little bit earlier? They had the uh the Russian nesting doll dot ducks on it, right? How yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh it's called Small Beauty. That that beer was fantastic. Uh it's small beauty, probably referring to the fact that it's 4.3 alcohol. Uh IPA, it's a session. Uh that beer was fizzy, super fizzy, <laughs> but it was good. Um you know, it's going to fall along the same lines, yeah, 3.6 to 3.8 for me. But Oops. this is a this is a brewery I've been wanting to try for a long time, so I got uh, five different four packs. <laughs> you'll, you'll be busy for five days. <laughs> I, haven't drank, tomorrow. I haven't drank At in least, a week, and I'm and off, he's off tomorrow. Hours. I'm sorry, four days. He's off tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> I'm, right taking hey, that's... My, I'm taking my lady love out for a nice lunch, so. Oh, nice. nice. You got the old Valentine's Day off. How about you? How about that? Yeah, I know. First time ever. Mike's trying to get lucky on Valentine's by buying lunch. Doesn't work that way, dude. Does well, you can't do way. dinner and uh and she deserves to be treated nicely. So she does deserve to be treated nicely. She's, let us know. She's a let us know when you figure that out. <laughs> so footlong hey. subway sandwiches. Or... Yeah. You you pay her in schlitz. It, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the Jimmy John's is open, so or whatever it is down there, Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's, not bad. That'll be tasty. All right, so that's been uh, Hey Mike, what you drinking? Vitamin C in search of the perfect beer. A twenty minute, twenty minute Hey Mike. About fourteen. You know, couple of, a couple of nice segues. We we you know, it's just like a fish song. I should it should have been a fish song because we started with the beer and then we rolled into something else and then we segued right back into Hey Mike. And That's rolled true. right out perfectly without skipping. Speaking a beat. of speaking of segues, uh, here's one. Um, how about the next couple of games, huh? Steve, I want to comment on that because I'm looking. Um, you guys, you guys know that I tend to be an optimist, and I, I tend to see the world through you know nicely colored glasses. I think we are screwed. I, I, I think with our injuries and with with lack of momentum, I hope I'm wrong. Um, Milan scares me both times. West Ham scares me. Chelsea scares me. Southampton is the type of game that will blow. Uh, Wolves wolves away scare me. Um, Forest scares me. It's it's not until – I'm sorry. I I said Southampton. I meant Sheffield. We play them in the cup. Like they – We play Southampton coming up too, though. We play Southampton um, in – when is that? It's coming up down the road late yeah, april eventually oh it's I, april jesus christ I, I think i think we're kind of screwed do we play them in march southampton okay. march 18th oh wow and then again in april okay yeah. um yeah i i'm i'm concerned i'm concerned and i i want to be an optimist and i the spurs i think will do what they always do to us which is just ride the freaking roller coaster and you know we'll go like watch us win and with milan tomorrow and then everything's well you know but I don't know, man. I, there's a, a sense of foreboding. What do so you guys? We think? don't have we don't have hobby, right? We don't have nope. we have Romero no back. Romero. We have Oops, Romero back to, to protect Dyer. Um, likely not going to not going to start Pedro Porro. Um, the, the problem is that honestly, um, I think we've probably our season was probably over a few weeks ago. <laughs> in January, it was probably over in January um, when we didn't bring in defensive players. Mm. Honestly, um, we had to fight to get Pedro Porro, which took the 
our eyes off the prize. Um, when, and when injuries started happening, um, you know, our, our coach has been distracted all season. Uh, the entire staff has been distracted all season. We lost our trainer. Injuries started piling up. Um, this, it, it's, it's not looking good. And, and you have a right to be completely uh, n- nervous about this. Here's the thing, though, Dave. Uh, Milan, I watched, I watched a little of their game uh, on last Wednesday. They weren't good, man. They're a fucking mess. They're about as much of a mess as we are. Um, well, that's that's encouraging. Except except for the fact that they don't have as many injuries. We have injuries, man. And and as much as I I like, I told my friends on you know that are fans of the other team in North London. You know you can't bitch about your injuries. No bitching about your injuries. As I say it to Yankee fans too. They all they're always like, oh well, the injuries, the injuries, the injury. You can't bitch about the injuries. You have replacements there. We can't bitch about the injuries because we have replacements that are more than capable of of doing the thing that the coach needs them to do. Um, but but the the problem the problem is that the coach isn't engaged enough right now to put in, put in motion the things that need to be done. I don't know if you've seen him on the, on the sideline, man. Dude doesn't look right. I mean, outside of the fact that he just had his gallbladder removed and he looked like he'd been smoking cigarettes and on a three day bender the other day. (laughs) Um, And maybe he does smoke cigarettes, but uh, dude, he looked, he doesn't look great and he hasn't looked great for a while. Like he's not engaged on the sidelines. He's it, he looks kind of distant, uh, like he doesn't care. He's definitely not coming back next year. Uh, we're we bought players for him for him and his system, and um, he's not y- using them in his system. He doesn't make the correct changes when he needs to make them. Uh, he refuses to change his system uh, of play to something that's more amenable to whatever team they're playing and the players. But the, the thing is, he doesn't have the players to fit the system that he wants to play. So you're he convinced just, he, you're convinced he doesn't come back next year. I'm absolutely convinced that he's gone. Uh, so why not, why not cut our losses? The, the, the only reason to not cut our losses is because we did that before we, with Jose, uh, Right before, right before a fucking final, you know, it, you know, it'd be really interesting, it, it, interesting because when he has left clubs before it's been because the um, ownership hasn't supported, you know, his, his objectives and, and he's checked out though. Yeah, he is checked out. It's weird, right? Like, I don't feel like he could say that they haven't supported his objectives. Um, they haven't supported it maybe enough, but they've at least kind of bought what he's been selling. So it'll be really interesting if he walks or we, we fire him uh, or bin him off or sack him, um, you know, be, before the time comes. Be they, really well, they, we did say, we did say that, like he said he wanted Bastoni. They didn't go out and get Bastoni. Like he said that he needs defensive players. We got long lay instead of Bastoni. Mm-hmm. We got long lay on a loan, which there's no chance a long lay is coming back. You know, I mean, we, we cannot call back any of our loans. Like, could you imagine trying to call back 
tangy right now, the fan base, <laughs> the fan base would revolt. Uh, Harry Winks isn't good enough. Um, Gio Celso is Gio Celso. He just doesn't care enough. Um, it's we're we're in a predicament right now where, as Spurs fans, we kind of have to accept the fact that our coach is checked out, the players are injured, and um, we don't have the players to play in the system that the coach wants to play. So anyway, so we might just have to understand that the season's probably over. But at the same time, we can still be hopeful and we can still bitch about the play on the field. We because can. These, but boy, these what guys a are world-class athletes and they're supposed to be able to impose themselves on inferior, on inferior. Uh, what a, what a week can do to the psyche, right? Like what a week can do to the mindset, Steve. Yeah. You, yeah. Last week, last week, I thought we were going to win the fucking league. I know Steve, how you, how you looking <laughs> at this man? What's it look like to you? No question about it. I'm ready to get hurt again. Um, <laughs> you always are yeah i mean it, it's this is spurs right like we beat city and then we just completely shit ourselves uh at Leicester. yeah i'm convinced that anybody who can say a game is going to go a certain way with any degree of certainty is just completely fucked that that's just impossible um uh, you know anybody who says we're gonna get absolutely slaughtered in milan probably wrong um anybody who says we're going to milan and we're going to come away with all three points you're probably wrong too um so it's like you know it's it's a for me spurs are like the ultimate toss-up right now are they going to show up and perform at a high uh champions league level or are they just gonna you know kind of mosey about for 90 minutes and make us all uh, hate ourselves for spending the time watching them. Who knows? Um, but interestingly enough, I, I, I think you guys are right. Uh, I think Mike, you in particular, when you were talking about Milan, they're like Italian Spurs right now. Fifth in the table, we're fifth in the table. 12 wins on the season, we have 12 wins on the season. Single digit goal difference, we've got a single digit goal difference. I mean, like there's very little from just table standings that separates us. They're getting uh, key players injured. We've got key players injured. It is a complete fucking toss up as to what happens. Um, the only thing that I think is our saving grace right now is the fact that we lost uh, and they're going to, I would imagine that they're, they're not so far checked out that they'll show up to a Champions League fixture away from home and think we've got this. Like this to me is a setup for we're going to fucking show up because we need to prove that that was a fluke. And then they'll get the victory and then they'll shit the bed at, at West Ham on the weekend. Like that, that to me is, is the most likely scenario. Spurs turning up for the midweek fixture, putting in a performance, win, draw, or lose, that we can at least look at and say, hey, they tried, they did their best. Like that wasn't terrible. And then they just check out at West Ham and we're, you know, back here uh, next week talking about like, what the fuck did we just watch this week? It's none of it makes sense. Uh, For me personally, you know, I'm in agreement. I don't know that Conte sticks around uh, after this season. Um, 
I I wouldn't be terribly upset at this point if he just cut ties and left, assuming that our uh, leadership doesn't make the mistake of going after another fucking Chelsea reject manager. Um, frankly, I think the best thing for this team would just be, and I think we've been saying it all along, we need the board and the manager to be in alignment with what this project is, what the expectations are, and what you're going to get out of it, Right. I don't see that, you know, we, we know that, that Levy and co are trying to give Conte the players that he wants, you know, maybe not enough to your point, Dave, but they're, they're obviously trying, you know, we got Poro in there for Conte. You, you said that, uh, but I don't know that Conte is willing to put up with the project that is Spurs. That's my gut feeling right now. So if he leaves, I'm not terribly upset. You know, it, to me, that's more amicable, right? It's not like he's exploding and trying to point fingers and blame X, Y, and Z reason for his underperformance. He's he's clearly checked out. If he wants to go, I say fine. I'm chalking this season off to just a loss uh, in its entirety. If we bounce back, I will be the happiest guy in the world. But frankly, you know, if we finish outside top four, it's not going to bother me so much because I'm anticipating getting some fresh blood uh, in the the manager's seat for next season, maybe some fresh ideas. And uh, man, you know, I it's just, you know, it's not worth me getting super upset about it right now. You know, we're not in relegation battles. You know, I, I don't think we're going to go down. Um We've got a beautiful stadium. The club financials are in a good spot. You know, we've got sustainable revenue coming in. Um, and I know that's not as sexy as a marquee signing. So like a Levy, Levy mouthpiece, Steve. Yeah, but you know what? Like, He's a Levy you read, stan. When he you read the, what, what they wrote following the release of their financials and you realize like, hey, you know what? They actually are going to change the financial playground in a few seasons like that you know what do you want do you want the short-term glory and then get you know like bounced from the league like city might be is it worth it you know to me it's not like i would rather be a long-term sustainable club that can grow into the massive world-class stadium and training ground that we have than to play pretend for a few years and then just get fucked after that like i i would rather the long-term ambitious spurs than just short-sighted glory that you know blows up in our faces mm-hmm. in a few years uh jesse march future spurs manager no fuck no absolutely not uh, <laughs> Ooh, strong opinion there hey steve transition to uh closing thoughts because i know you got a bolt what are, what are your closing thoughts uh my closing thoughts are you know i think most people in the Spurs fandom could could do with just a nice walk outside, you know, just turn off the TV, <laughs> take a fucking walk, you know, go out, get in touch with nature, do whatever you got to do, but just like step away from it all. Um, you know, I think we're at the point in the season where there's just so much hate and vitriol going around. You know, people want to blame Conte. They want to blame Sun. They want to blame Poro. They want to blame, you know, whatever flavor of the week is. And, you know, I know it's Rich coming from me who's blamed all of them uh, just today. But, you know, is it really worth letting yourself be be depressed about to be, you know, 
running yourself into the ground over it, it's really not you know like we're not winning the league this season i don't know who needs to hear that but there's absolutely no way in hell that we make up that difference arsenal are going to finish ahead of us you know you can try to you know play pretend imagine any scenario where that doesn't happen it's gonna happen you know they they've got a, a manager in there who's doing his thing he's got the support he's had a few years to put them in this position and we've got somebody who is you know a few months from just like all right i'll see you guys next time you're in italy um don't worry about he has it so unconditional much. love for every single one of his players and it's like real love he love loves his his players if love, you say him. so he says so I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting too worked up. I'm gonna, you know, I'll, I'll cheer the victories. I'll take the pain of the losses, but I'm not gonna let this season ruin my fucking, my fucking winter, my spring. It's just not worth it right now. Um, and from, uh, like <clears throat> I said, from a lot of the hate that I see going around on social media, trying to blame everybody and their mother for what's Frazier going Forrester. on. It's like, just fucking take a, take a deep breath, go outside, climb a tree or something. I mean, it's not worth it guys. Like it, it just check out for a bit or, you know what, start a podcast and vent about it with a couple of hey. buddies hey. Uh, over some it's beers and, and then you can, you know, feel good about yourselves. That's true. Right. It, it I feel a, good whenever I vent my frustrations out. It is like, a bit of therapy. It's, it's great. No question. That's and Mike, as you know, pitchers and catchers report this week uh yeah you know what it's baseball season it's baseball I've, season everybody i've got my red Sox uh sweatshirt on uh i'm gonna be bringing out the jerseys from uh from cold storage pretty soon from so. cold storage nice <laughs> nice steve knowing we might lose you thanks buddy appreciate you love you mike how Don't about you asshole, uh, people <laughs> thank Don't you be thank asshole. you yeah brian tried to he tried to grab it last week and he did this weird like merger of the the closing yeah. comments and you know he tried but he's just He's a Ryan, it's a thought that counts, but next time think of something else. For sure. Get get your yeah. own catchphrase. Come, come up with something, Rhode Island Brian. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> exactly. Catch How about you, Mikey? Second. What are your closing thoughts? Um, my closing thoughts kind of echo the same as echo Steve's. Um, you know, being a fan of uh of teams that are perpetual losers. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh be it be it um <clears throat> the Washington football team uh, or even the Boston Red Sox of my youth. Um, you know, I, I, I love the fact that, that, uh, that European football, English football allows us to be kind of imperfect, you know, um, hmm. it's, it's kind of like, you know, I expect when, when Washington gets close to making the playoffs that when they get into the playoffs, they're probably going to lose with, with Spurs, it's different with soccer. It's different, you know, European soccer, because <clears throat> you don't have to be the world-class first place team. That's going to win it all. You don't have to, you just have to get into Europe and you're happy about it it doesn't mean that mediocrity is good. It, it, you know, when, when you're top four, that's world-class, especially in the premier league, we're top five right now, right? The world's not ending. We, we're probably going to end up seventh, eighth, ninth, you know, but just think you could be Everton. 
right? And and I'm and I don't mean that as a slight. You could be an Everton fan, knowing that likely your club is going down. Southampton fan, likely your club is going down. Being a Washington fan, being a, a Red Sox fan of of my youth, uh, we well the Red Sox were always good, but they were just not that good enough. But Washington, when I was a kid, was great, and ever since like 1992, they've been awful. Just the prospect of almost making it is great, but in the end, with soccer, as long as you're kind of there. You're just in them. You have to be in the mix. It's it's great. As long as you get into Europe, it's great, which means you don't have to be top dog. So to echo what Steve is saying, you know, relax a bit. I know I bitch and I know I complain and I make and I'm trying to make astute like, you know some sort of argument for why we suck in and i and i say oh oh, you know eric dyer is terrible and javit tanganga doesn't belong in this league and that kind of stuff and i and i make fun of fraser forrester but you know in the end it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter as long as as long as spurs are still in the league it's still fun they're right there they're still in three competitions right now you never know what's going to happen. Everybody's dropping points right now because everybody's tired. Everybody's injured. You never know what's going to happen. Crazy things can happen. Crazy things can happen. You could end up in the goddamn Champions League final. Crazy things can happen. You never know. And that's what I love about soccer is that you never know. Interesting. I like that, actually. That's a that's a cool narrative. You should... uh you should expand on that a little bit. And you never uh, know. Yeah, for real. Crazy things can happen. Mike, you're you're just making me think. And I, I know that you and I will do a well, I'm gonna I'm gonna not gonna say that right now, but here's what I want to say. If I were to tell you that there is a team that I love that um has some outstanding players on the team, um has made some managerial decisions where really good players have not performed. Um, for managers that they should. Sometimes they do well, sometimes they don't. Um, It's a team where the fan base can't stand the ownership group for various reasons, Um, one of which is what they believe to be poor management, the other of which is uh, what they believe to be a a not active enough offseason where where players are brought in to fill obvious holes that everybody and and their brother, sister, and mother are are well-tuned into. Um, and a team that the people are saying, I'm done with it. I can't take it anymore. You know, you'd think I was talking about our Spurs, but no, I'm actually talking about my Chicago White Sox, right? Like it's the same freaking story. When I, when I, when I chose to be a Spurs supporter because of, of the similarities to the baseball team that I love, um, I was, I had no clue how, how long those parallels would, would hold up. But, you know, it just, it just makes me realize like, I, I said this when we had uh, Jake Berger on a couple of weeks ago, like sports are supposed to be fun. You know, we're not being paid to do this. We're, we're not, we're not being paid to support a, a club. We're, we're, we don't make money based off of what happens on a field or on a, on a pitch. We, we do this because it's supposed to make our lives more enjoyable. And um, to your point, like you, you just never know, you just never know what's going to happen. My, my baseball team has had a, an unimpressive off season 
but I still have this sense of February optimism going into things. You know, I, I told you earlier with Spurs, I don't feel great about this next run of matches, but I also know enough about this club to know that we're probably going to be on a roller coaster. And who knows, I could just get surprised because like you said, we've been surprised before, like in the really positive frame. And and that's what actually makes it fun. I just, I, I, I thankfully have known all along, you got to keep it in perspective. You got to not get too high or too low and just, just, just enjoy the ride is basically what the, the point's all about. You know, you know, something, uh, it just reminds me from my, uh, my other podcasts. Uh, I'm going to plug myself. Uh, <laughs> United, Please, go for it. United in Green is like Vermont Green, our local clubs podcast that we do a uh, huge, huge, huge following after one season. Let's give let's give props to uh, Trash Talk that our buddy Steve runs as well. And, so just and wanna... tra- Trash Talk's a, a phenomenal one because uh, his his latest episode, uh, you know, uh, he he did a Black History Month episode, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Black History is American History, and it's just yep. it, it, it was good. Really, it, it really touched home, and it's a good episode. So everybody everybody should uh, tune into that as well. But um, what you're saying, which uh, sports are supposed to be fun. And uh, we had a Will and I had a guest on last week, Sam McCann, who I, is, I heard uh, that. Yeah, I listened to that interview. That's good. Yeah, yeah, he's a fan favorite there. Uh, great kid, um, great attitude going into it, knowing uh, knowing his limits and knowing his boundaries and knowing where he wants to go in his life, and he, he knows he has to work hard. Um, he he said the same thing. Is like he's out there trying to provide an escape for people and provide entertainment for people and not necessarily he said not necessarily to escape your lives but to give you some entertainment for Mm -hmm. at least a few hours of your of of your life and if he can do that and 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 you know whether our spurs are doing well or not we get angry at shit and i get i get frustrated and angry but it only lasts a little bit of time but it does give me that escape to where I can take a lot of the stuff that's in my life out on Spurs hmm. and they don't care. They don't care. I can take it. I can take it out by yelling at my TV, you know, um, and taking out a lot of my frustration and when they don't play well, or I can get the, I can take the joy out of it too and take the joy out of it and watching my son, like just watching Sonny, you know, watching Sonny and watching Decky and, and uh, my son plays a lot like Decky does. You know, mm-hmm. he's always got his eyes up and he's always got his head head up looking for a pass, you know, type of a thing. And I see that and I see those little things and, 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 and just the ability to, to be able to watch that in my son and watch these professional players. And I, and I know he's not, he may be never on a level with them because they're just superhuman beings. But just to see that I can tell that sport does something for us that, that, that maybe nothing else does outside of maybe music, which is give you that kind of your, it, it releases chemicals in your brain that just it, the endorphins and it gives you a rush and it gives you, it does give you an escape from your everyday life. And, and those players are out there and a lot of them, most of them, I would say, know that they're giving yeah. people an escape in their lives. And, and that's why we need to, you know, I, like I said, I give shit to stick uh, to a lot of these players. They don't care and they don't know, but they, they know that people, people are out there doing that and it's, it's helping people get over the other things in their lives. 
and 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 that's why I appreciate so much uh, of what Sam said last week on our podcast. But that's that's a that's a really interesting point, Mike. You're making me think. It also it gives you a respite, gives you that joy, gives you that breakaway. But it also, um, when you're a kid, professional sport also impacts how you engage with sport. And like simple examples, you know, um, for me again, kid growing up in Chicago when I would stand on the the sidewalk in front of my house and when I would pitch tennis balls against the front stoop in front of my house, which was a brilliant plan because when I would pitch the tennis balls, if I hit square on my target, boom, the ball would bounce right back to me. If I hit high or low, like the ball would pop up, it would spray all over the place. Like I had to be on the movie. It was, it was beautiful entertainment for this. this I did that know, on my garage, kid. which made me a good first baseman. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I would copy, and I don't know if you remember this guy, but he played for the White Sox when I was a younger kid, Lamar Hoyt. I would copy his, oh, yeah. his, his windup and his delivery, right? Like, because to me, that's, that's what I wanted to look like as a pitcher. When, when I played basketball, which I was never really that good at, and I certainly wasn't anything close to what a Michael Jordan might be, but you know what I could imp- or uh, do an impression of Michael Jordan was how he shot free throws. So like every oh. time I would take a free throw, three bounces, backspin, breath, ball, right? Like, and I, I, and every kid would practice that. Every kid would duplicate that when we were, oh, yeah. when we were kids, you know, after we'd shovel the driveway and, and you'd have the big snow banks on the side of the side of the driveway, we do Walter Payton, right? Walter Payton jumping over the top of the line of scrimmage because, you know, you didn't really get to see what the offensive lineman, which I would end up being, you know, you didn't get to see what they did, but you saw Walter go over the top and you would, you would duplicate that. Or when you would score a touchdown playing street football, you'd, you do that little weird high step that Payton did, you know, like those things like shaped what I viewed to be the sport. And so when I think about your son, when you talk about him and, and having a playing style, like someone that he looks up to as, as, having admirable attributes like that's that's something too right like sport actually can shape how you become who you become i'm not saying it makes you into who you are but it can shape how you how you approach that it's which is really I, cool i i did see that in him and i saw it, I, the other day i saw him in a game and i watched him uh bring the ball down into the corner kind of like decky does and and just cross the ball in front of the net and and the way that kind of Decky just kind of looks, he, he's always looking up. If you watch the guy, even if he's like got the ball in front of him, rolling, rolling in front of him, just going, tracking it down the sidelines. He's always looking up. And, and I saw that in Lucas and I just, I, I, I wanted to be able to like videotape that zoom in and just put it next, side by side with what, with Decky does. He has, he uses Decky to inform his own play. And like you said, you know, I, when I was a kid, I would always like when we were playing, oh, well, we wouldn't play street football, but like in the yard, I always wanted to be John Riggins, right? Because I was, yeah. I was curly hair kid. too. You, you wanted the perm too, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I wanted the big perm. That was, <laughs> he, that was his jet states, but I wanted to be able to carry the ball. Yeah. And not have anybody be able to tackle me and push people off. And yeah. the kids were all littler than I was at the time. So he was like Mike Allstop before there was Mike Allstop, basically. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. But anywho. Yeah. You know, it's cool, though. Like you think about Lucas. Um, one day he's going to have kids or he's going to be a coach, you know, and he's going to have a chance to impart what he believes is the right way to play those positions on to yeah. kids. And, and, 
that's going to be his view on how the game should be played. And he's going to teach somebody else that, you know, like that's, that's really cool to think about. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. All right, dude, time to get out of here. Hey, good episode. Uh, Great episode. Listeners, fans. We appreciate and love you. Uh, Steve, appreciate you, buddy. Mike, what would, uh, what would your last thing you'd have to say be? Quice, 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 quice. And be safe, everyone. <laughs>